the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A telephone to talk about the likely invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Meanwhile, the U.S. has decided to close its embassy embassy in the Ukrainian capital city of Kiev, and another 3,000 U.S. troops are going to be on their way to Poland soon. They'll be joining about 1,700 other members of the 82nd Airborne Division as the U.S. builds up support in a nearby ally. Canadian police have moved in to remove protesters who disrupted Canada-U.S. trade at a major border crossing. Protesters at the busiest border crossing between the U.S. and Canada remain today, despite new warnings to end that blockade that has disrupted the flow of goods between the two countries and forced the auto industry on both sides to roll back production because they can't get the parts they need. This is SRN News. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround... Our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundmsp.com surroundmsp.com connecting you with new customers Wally Langfellow and Eric Nelson from Minnesota Score Radio's 10,000 Takes talking about Minnesota's 10,000 losing teams. Wild Wolves, Gophers, Twins, Vikings, you name it we'll cover it. Will any team step up and give Minnesota's long-suffering fans something to cheer about? If they do we'll tell you about it on 10,000 Takes. 10,000 Takes Weeknights at 5, here on the Biz 1440, Twin Cities Business Radio. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back for another hour of Job Saturday. Oh, they took our job. Thank you. Welcome back. I have never done, I, we were talking about the fact we've been doing this show for about 12 years. I've never done this before. I have never actually cracked open and found the form 
on which the establishment survey is done. And I want you to hear this. And I, this is part of the explanation. And we're, I'm kind of learning things while I'm doing the show with you today. Okay? This is – when I do this show, I teach myself some things. And sometimes stu- people will ask me questions like like the wonderful question. I got I got two really good questions uh, in the last hour at 651-289-4477. But the question about the household and payroll survey said, oh, I need to think a little bit more about that. That's a good question. Um and that was, that last hour, the wonkiest hour I've ever done. I'm not sure if that's going to hold up even for the uh, next 56 minutes. Uh, because I, during the break, I'm like, have I ever really looked at the form on which the establishment survey is done? I spend a lot of time on the household survey uh, because I do a fair amount of work with census data. But I have never actually spent that much, I've never really spent time looking at the establishment survey. So I cracked open the BLS website, and found and dug out a, a questionnaire. Now, to get this right, it was, as I was looking at this, I was reminding myself of this particular point. And this is from, again, this was Brian Deese, uh, who is the chair of the National Economic Council, one of the two main voices. They send Marty Walsh out. He's the, he's the labor secretary. Marty Walsh is an old Boston politician. He was the mayor of Boston for for many years. Sort of a traditional Boston kind of politician. They're you know they he he looks like he come out of Central. If you were going to draw a picture of random Boston politician. When you finish, you'd probably have Marty Walsh. Um, but uh, so they send him out from time to time. And he was the guy doing the tour yesterday because in part because Deese kind of stepped in it a little bit. But I'm not sure how much I blame him because he got out there saying saying something. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to replay this. I played this at the start of the first hour. I want to play this clip again, but I'm going to tell Sean to stop the recording at the point I need you to hear again. So, Sean, stay on the button as we play again. Cut number one. But we also have a January where uh, we had Omicron, and we do expect that Mm -hmm. that will uh, affect the numbers. In particular, when the survey, the Department of Labor does the survey, they ask employers how many people are on the job. If somebody was out sick during the week that they asked that question and were not receiving paid sick leave, they will not count as Stop! That's it. They will not count as employed if they're on sick leave unpaid for the week. So I dug out the question. Um, so here's the question. Total number of persons in your in the, this pay group. So you're asking an employer to, to count the number of employees who worked or received pay for any part of the pay period that includes the 12th of the month. And so it's got a list of who gets included. And if you're on paid sick leave, you're included. But if you look over on the other side and it says employees on leave without pay for entire pay period. So if you work for a your pay period is a weekly pay period. If you missed the entire week and got no check, you count as unemployed. Question. How many people get unpaid sick leave anymore? How many people would be out for an entire pay period? If you worked for two full weeks, if you worked for two full weeks, under the old rules of the CDC, if you were out for COVID, right, you had to, you had to stay isolated for, for 10 full days. What happened in December? They were telling, because they wanted people back to work, they wanted people back to work. They said, you know what? If you've, if you've been vaccinated, you can, you can come in. You're asymptomatic. You can come back after five. Um, the, um, the, uh, um, the, the whole point here is, um, the whole point here is, I don't know how many of that people it counted, but certainly people missed, right? Certainly people missed. So, and I'm actually going to tweet you what this form, this form, and they have different ones for different groups. So if you're in the service sector, you get this form and it depends whether or not you have uh, people, 
It depends on how it is you're paying people. Um, they do it through a variety of means. So some of this is sent in electronically by by firms. Some of this is is done by, uh, by out of a survey lab, a caddy, what us old time surveyors call a caddy lab, um, which is a call, basically a call center um, and so forth. There's web web information being put in, but half the data they get is being collected by someone sitting at a desk and sending the information to BLS. Well, what are they going to do with that? to the point where they wouldn't miss a full pay period? Well, you'd look by you'd look at the number of hours worked. Average hours worked by by workers went from by production workers fell from 34.7 to 34.5 hours a week. Now, a 2 tenths drop is really 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 significant. Okay, it's quite significant. So if I go and look at the, I got to go pull the right, the right table here. There we go. This is the one I wanted. Uh, if I go and look at index of hours worked, and the goods sector fell by five tenths of percent. That means that that seven tenths increase in in wage rates only translates to a pay increase or payroll increase of, you know, wages in the aggregate only going up by the difference, which is three or four tenths of percent. There's rounding errors in there. Um, There was no gain on the goods producing side. And if I look at leisure and hospitality, if I look at leisure and hospitality in terms of weekly payroll, that number was actually down six tenths of percent. That number was down quite a bit. The only places where you saw increases in the number of hours being worked were in wholesale trade up a up a up a, a tenth, information services uh, utilities up five tenths percent, information services up one point three percent. Big gains in IT, which meant that weekly payrolls in the IT sector went up by a lot. It's just that the IT sector feels like it's a big thing but in the in the size of our economy is probably not all that huge a number certainly not here in central minnesota and i don't think it's all that big in minnesota overall we won't know we won't know those results for a few weeks yet but my point being my point being this if you wanted to see where the where the impact really happened you had to go down and look at the hours number um, so, so, uh, for example, Brian Westbury at North Trust writes, uh, writes a note at the First Trust, uh, uh First Trust Economics blog, uh, writes, uh, average work week declined to 34.5 hours in January from 34.7. As a result, in spite of the strong increase in the payrolls, total hours worked fell three tenths percent in January. That three-tenths decline is the equivalent of losing about 350,000 jobs for the month. Right? If I took the entire, okay, if instead of having the number of hours each of us work shrunk, I was just to reduce the number of people working and have us all work the same hours, you'd be equivalent to 350,000 people leaving the, work, leave, leaving the workplace. That would take the 467 down to 117. That sounds about right. That's in line with what we thought. We didn't pay attention to the hours. Okay? I'm just going to say to the person that asked whether uh, it should be economists running the Fed, if we can't get that right, are you sure you trust us with monetary policy? Are you sure? I don't know. Reading Brian further. Second, although payrolls were revised up substantially, for November, December, that was due to new seasonal adjustment factors generated by the Labor Department. All the extra gains for November, December were simply a shift from June, July. Let me, let me, so we said that. 
and so he went through and saw all these. Let me, I'll tweet this to you at the break, at, at the at the break coming up, so that you can see what Brian Brian and Bob wrote. I think this is a very, this is this is in one paragraph, a pretty good description of where my head was at after about, I don't know, I had to go to a meeting at nine thirty, and so by about nine thirty, I'm like, boy, this is a really weird report because I I really puzzled over it for for a couple hours and even, you know, found myself thinking about it and driving a little more absentmindedly in the car uh, as I was coming through. Uh, so I promise you it was a little less wonky. I'm going to get less wonky in just a moment right after this because I, I, I can't take you down these numbers. But this is why I'm not reading you a whole lot of data from here, there, and everywhere from these reports because I don't really know what these numbers mean, particularly in a month-to-month change when you've had all this change in the seasonal factors, you've had this change in the benchmarking, you've had the population controls from the census, all of that gets jammed into a single month. They make this one change, and you all got to live with it. Um, I would say whatever you, reading it overall, whatever you thought Thursday at 7.20, Thursday at 11.59 p.m., you should probably think as well this morning on Job Saturday, back after this, the King Banyan Show, The Biz, 1440. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, (laughs) it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people, to focus focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. Huh, really? Well, my commute's painless. You feeling okay? I'm serious. Since my company moved to Center Point of Mendota Heights, my commute has become a breeze. It's located near major highways for easy access to anywhere in the metro. No way. Yeah, plus hot lunch spots nearby, and when the weather gets nicer, I can get out on the trails along the Mississippi. Sure, but don't you miss being in an office downtown? Nah, not with eight single-story buildings and fully customizable space to fit our company's culture and needs. No shared common areas. We've got private bathrooms and free parking. Did you say free parking? Yep. No more parking contracts or searching for a spot on the street. I park right outside the front door. No way. Where is this? Center point of Mendota Heights. It's just off Highway 55 and 62. That means super easy access to the airport. It's an ideal place for any business looking for a value forward move. You can check it out at escapetomendota.com and work where it's easier to work. All right. I'll tell my boss to visit EscapeToMendota.com. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7.
take taking care of business here on the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Ah, uh, are you just gonna play like early '70s rock all day? Because uh, yes, please. That's just great. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call with questions and comments. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Love to hear from you. Would love to have you on with us here. On the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Job Saturday, we're getting through. Um, and almost through this, because I actually want to transition to talk about one other thing. Okay, so the unemployment rate actually went up to 4% from 3.9, the one that the, the headline number. But the U6, the all-in number, uh, was actually fell to 7.1 from 7.3. So I think it's kind of interesting that these that the data are actually that those two numbers moved in opposite directions. And that to me is entirely a function of the changes that we saw in um, the changes we saw in the uh, data uh, uh, in the uh, survey data uh, from the updating of the information, the changing of the seasonal factors, which literally is a nightmare for me. Because particularly with data that's below national level, those changes, they typically say they're relatively small. They're not. But just to get this clear to you, on average, when they the absolute average change, so stripping the sign out and then just averaging, what's the magnitude of these changes in the monthly growth numbers, the change in employment month to month? A normal change from the re, from the updating of the benchmark and the seasonal adjustment is about two forty, somewhere in there, two thirty, two forty. Okay, which is a lot. It's a quarter million. I get that, but that's out of a number that's approximately one hundred and fifty million. It's typically about one tenth. Occasionally, it's two tenths. This one was three tenths. This was a change that, on average, added added back, you know, over 700,000 jobs uh, to, you know, in terms of employment, it actually added 1.5 million. A lot more people working than had been estimated before um, in that number. And that number, again, is supposed to include self-employed, and that is a very hard number to adjust to. So those numbers have changed fairly dramatically. Um, So... Job openings in December, the jolts number came out. That was at uh, that went up slightly higher to 10.93 million versus 10.78 million. Um, number of hirings and slips did the quit rate actually did um, did go back to 2.9 from 3 percent. But you still have over 4 million people quitting jobs every month. Still a significantly high high number. Um, one last thing to point out here was it and I wanted I want to spend a few minutes on this because this was because um, this led to a, something I heard on in the same clip uh, on the the jobs report panel that uh, CNBC has on that has to come up with an instant reaction on Wednesday the uh, automated data processing ADP, Came out with a came out with its survey. It always publishes on the Wednesday before the Friday job report. Their Wednesday report. So remember, the White House has been out telling people, "Ooh, this could be some really weird data. All those Omicron sick people. The number could be low. People should be paying attention here." Well, that didn't work out well. But then on Wednesday, as if to confirm what the White House was saying, ADP comes out with its result. Remember, ADP is doing a survey, is doing an estimate of private sector payrolls based on the based on the information they're getting on payrolls from other folks, from their customers, and then extrapolating from their customer base. So ADP does this, Homebase does this. There are multiple ones that are out there. Uh, they're leveraging the data they have using using some some statistical techniques and hiring some doctoral trained doctorate trained economists to to do some studies 
they come out with 301,000 jobs lost, net jobs lost. The estimate was for a minus one, uh, the estimate was for a plus 180, they come out minus 301. Most of the job losses came out of firms with 1 to 19 employees. Now, that is a very interesting statistic. If most of the job losses were coming from small businesses, I could have imagined that it's a small business that might be reporting to the BLS that I've got someone out on unpaid sick leave because you're more likely to have unpaid sick leave working for a small firm than a large firm. You're more likely, it's more likely to have happened there. So I could have imagined that maybe that that was some of the issue. And so that's rattling around the head of their chief economist, Neela Richardson. And she's sitting on the panel and she's heard the numbers. She heard uh, Jason Furman say what he said. Hey, it's a really great economy. The jobs market's doing really well. And, and my... And I am listening to her, and she's trying to figure it out, and she's she's struggling to even find words um, to explain what she's thinking. But in it, you can hear this doesn't fit what we're seeing out here. And I kind of appreciated her quite a bit. Let's play. This is just about 20 seconds of her. It was about a minute-long answer, and there's a lot of kind of feeling her way toward an answer. But these 20 seconds kind of captures what she was trying to say. Cut number six, please. But it's also a bit mystifying. I celebrate the increase in the labor force participation rate. Do but I to think that that happened during a, a time of surging COVID cases Testing is something one, that... I hear you now, baby. Can you hear me? You can hear me, right? You know, some other evidence in agreement. All right, give me some, give me some time here. And... So that's always what we say, right? We always advise, you know, we always advise people when someone says to me, so you're you're saying the economy's going to grow this? I said, my estimate is, here's why I could be wrong. This is the best estimate I can give you. Um, you'd be better off planning for an economy that grew 2% than than an economy that shrinks 2%. You'd be better off planning on much higher wages for next year than planning on wages staying constant. I can tell you, I could give you that, but trying to predict an exact number is kind of a fool's errand. And a single report from the federal government shouldn't change everybody's idea immediately, which is why when... When Furman says, I'm not going to, we don't need to play the whole clip again. But when Furman says, you know, 50 basis points uh, for the Fed in March is on the table, I'm like, no, it's not. Come on. You've got two more inflation reports. You have another jobs report, which will include a revision of this number. You are way out ahead than you were before. Furman kind of, he got enough pushback that he basically at some point says, well, okay, okay, okay. I just think it's less, I think it's more likely, I think it's 50 basis points is more likely than it was yesterday. Okay, I'll give you that. That's a better way to say check, it. Check, check, check. But to sort of say check, 50 check, basis check, points check, is check, on check. the table, okay, that is not smart. However, having said that, okay, I'm going to be one of those two-armed economists. I'm a, I've got an on the other hand for you. If you watch what's going on elsewhere in the in the economy and in, in the world, you have to think the Fed is trying hard not to be the last central bank to pull back. Because on this week, the Bank of England decided to raise the interest rate and raise its interest rate, its bank rate. And not only to raise its bank rate, but it raised its bank, not only did it raise its bank rate, they had a fight about whether to raise it 25 or 50 basis points. And the vote was 5-4. The chair, who always votes last, had to break a tie. The most remarkable thing, I, I decided not to, I was, I, I, I had, 
I was close to sending Sean some clips from uh, the press conference the Bank of England does to talk about this stuff. I didn't. Why? Well, I just decided it was probably a little too deep in the weeds on this. But just to listen to him talk about this is Andrew Bailey. He's the governor of the Bank of England. So he's the Jay Powell of the Bank of England. He is he's on a, a news program talking about what it is that they did and their discussion about whether or not to go 25 or 50 basis points. And, I mean, it did put him in a bit of an uncomfortable position here. But let's go ahead and play. Cut number four, please, Sean. We have not raised interest rates today because the economy is roaring away. The economy is only now back to the size it was immediately before the pandemic a couple of years ago. An increase in bank rate is necessary because it is unlikely that inflation will return to target without it. We face the risk that some of the higher imported inflation could become ingrained within the domestic economy, leading to a longer period of high inflation. So that ingraining of of price inflation, goods inflation somewhere else. Remember, Furman had also said, you know what, I'm actually changing my mind. Let's go ahead and play that again. Cut number, Jason Furman, yesterday on CNBC, former Obama CE. Uh, Council of Economic Advisors had cut number five. Um, the wage number, though, really underscore that. I think that's the biggest news out of this report. Up 0.7%. Last year, it was up about an average of 0.4% um, per month. We're seeing no sign of wages slowing down. That's going to feed into service sector prices. We're going to see 2022 is going to be the year of services inflation, um, replacing the year of goods inflation we had in 2021. Um, The Fed's going to be thinking about 50 basis points. Thinking about 50 basis points. Well, the Bank of England did. And they had a they ended up almost evenly split with the with the chair, with the governor. Um, The others are called deputy governors in the Bank of England structure, the governor had to break a tie between 25 and 50. I, you know, that, as much as anything, in my mind, is what leads to is what leads to 50 basis points being on the table. It's not the wage inflation testing, number testing, itself. Testing. It's One, that the Fed does two, not want to be three, seen four. as being behind other central banks. So what are the other ones doing? Well, we know what the Bank of England's doing now, but we'll come back and we're going to talk about the ECB, which also made news this week. Uh, we'll talk about them right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years. Now, almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro Life Across America, the Billboard People. 
If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of pro-life across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America, educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. Your feet will stay warm in the cooler weather with insulated waterproof boots from Chet's Shoes. Chet's takes the time to measure your feet and make sure you have the right boots for whatever you're doing. Whether you need safety or regular toe styles, the friendly specialists at Chet's Shoes know what will work for you. Shop a local 70-year family-owned store. Visit their Spring Lake Park location or online at Chet'sShoes.com. Remember, Chet's mobile shoe service can bring the store to you. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Isn't it time you trade your old salt hog for a new wet technology water softener from Commerce? Commerce will give you $400 for your old softener and haul it away too. Save salt, save water, and you're back. Go to Commerce.com. Commerce Water. That's Commerce.com. Well, welcome back. King Daniel Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for being with us today. And uh, that song, of course, a tribute to Ian McDonald, uh, was the, one of the founders of King Crimson. Also, for you who are not prog rock fans like me, um, Foreigner. He was also, he was also uh, the, one of the, the horn and, and guitarist in Foreigner as well. Just a wonderful musician. Passed away at seventy-five. Um, yeah, we had a couple things happen on uh, on our end. Um, it's hard to say. I now think maybe something happened up here on the St. Cloud end. Not only because it was at the time I was connecting, it was fourteen below zero up here. Uh, but um, but uh, we've got a couple things happening with the various connections. Uh, the one on this end, I think, is now fixed. Uh, the one on that end hopefully will be fixed uh, shortly, uh, but in the meantime, we are just going to try to talk to you. This is almost as if I was sitting in a closet. Basically, that's what my office is. It's a glorified closet, but with a nice window on the Mississippi River. Uh, and I have, um, and I have, um, I'm managing myself on a phone just sending a signal to somebody who's not talking back to me because I can't hear anything else. Uh, and so I'm going to save all of my audio cuts till when we can possibly bring them back. And if we can't, okay. Uh, we just have to adjust on the fly, which is kind of today's story. Today is a story where we're just going to adjust things on the fly. Uh, because there are rapid changes happening. Uh, and people's evaluations are changing, um, as as need be. Okay, so I will, I will, I'll work with that, Sean. Sean's telling me that the audio clips he thinks he can play. So we might, in fact, we might, in fact, be able to play those for you. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to that for a bit because I just want to give you a set of what happened this week sort of a, from a 30,000 foot view everyone when we you were listening to some of my fed talk after doing job saturday during the first first hour last week the second hour was a talk about was a talk about the fed and the and the changes they're having to make and at the time i was at the time i was giving uh, that opinion I'm looking at Fed funds futures, and the futures can be pro, can be thought about in a way should can be thought about in a way to give you different probabilities about the rate of change of the rate of change of the Fed funds rate that may happen in the next meeting. And I believe, I didn't go back and listen to the hour, but I believe what I said was 
25 basis points in March is almost a certainty. And I made it as well less than 50-50 that you would see a basis point increase of 50 points, meaning we would go from a Fed funds rate of zero to uh, half a percent in a single move. And that was last Saturday. And I was pretty comfortable with that. And I said at the time, well, the Fed doesn't really like to change very much. It doesn't like to deviate quickly from the places they're at. And when they do that, when they do that, what you'll see is, um, what you'll see is, is a lot of signaling happening in advance. This is what Chair Bernanke a decade ago started to refer to as forward guidance. In other words, we are going to tell you what you're going to do for we're going to tell you what it is we're going to what it is we're going to do before we do it. We're going to announce our intentions well in advance. Then we're going to make sure that you've heard us properly. And we'll do that not only by our statements, but by looking at what's going on in the marketplace. And one of the things that they look at is going to be that Fed Funds futures market. Because it's telling them, it told them a week ago, we more think you're going to raise 25 basis points. We more think you're going to do 3, 4 basis three four rate increases maybe five but doubtful on five so that we're going to get to uh, a one to one and a quarter percent fed funds rate uh target range by december so that made sense to me that was and and i was not really trying to forecast that they were making any great change i'm looking at the same data they're looking at and i'm simply interpreting it as this is how the fed would interpret it along with a belief in my mind that the fed has a lot of inertia that it doesn't change its mind very rapidly even in the face of changing circumstances so, that was Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday comes. And, of course, then we get the GDP report. Uh, excuse me, the, 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 the CPI report. And I'm just going to read to you some of the data that I saw in there that I thought was very interesting. So, if you're listening to the show, you know... <laughs> The top line number, 7.5% inflation, right, year over year, including six-tenths for the month of January 22. On the headline number, it was at 0.9 in October, 0.7 in November, 0.6 in December, 0.6 in January for a total of 7.5%. Interestingly, food actually increased by slightly less than that, Year over year, it's at a 7% gain. Still pretty hefty increases. Certainly nowhere near two. But energy prices, particularly on gasoline, up 40% year over year. The gas station you drive by every day is probably your most immediate read on inflation. And that's why when I hear people tell me, oh, I think inflation's gone up a lot more than 7% in the last year, in my head, I'm somewhat discounting that opinion because I think to myself, which prices are you regularly monitoring? Okay, I know you've got gas in your, I know you've got gasoline on your head, uh, but what other, you know, maybe you've got the cost of food eating out, although that actually is up less. That's only up 6.4% year over year. Um, but what do you, what else do you have there? And at this point, I think no matter what it is your bundle of, of goods are that you buy or sell, you are almost certainly you are almost certainly um, 
living in a world where your experience right now is 6 to 7% inflation. Here are the last four numbers are on core CPI. CPI for <clears throat> less food and less energy. Six-tenths in October, five-tenths in November, six-tenths in December, six-tenths in January. Six-tenths of percent for 12 months compounded comes out to about that same 7.5% that's on the headline number. And you can talk to me about year over needing to do year-over-year numbers, but in your head, every new observation gets greater weight than the ones you know from before. Your memory decays. My memory decays. Everyone's memory decays. And it's it, pretty good evidence of that. We don't put a whole lot of weight on memories of things that happened 20, 30 years ago. We put a lot of memory on what happened to us yesterday. So, and, and, and what I just told you is something I tell my students regularly who are in my forecasting course. I say, you know what? If that's the model you have in your head, there are some very simple forecasting techniques you can apply that you can do on your on a calculator or now on your cell phone to come up with a a what a, a scientific guess i was going to use the acronym swag i'm not allowed to spell out what that means but if you're a if you're a person in the business of making guesses you probably do know what that means but those four steady months 0.6 are now, I think, relatively well embedded in an average person's mind. And I think this is where the Fed is getting nervous. I thought three would be enough, 0.6, 0.5, 0.6, and indeed those three were enough to get, get Chair Powell off the couch and into an anti inflation fighting outfit that I don't think has enough equipment on it. But I think he's donning the, the armor of, of inflation fighting and thinking about going out into battle, but they're still working at a fairly slow rate. Um, I posted this picture of from the CPI report on Wednesday and one of the things that, or excuse me, on, from Thursday... And I do believe that this is the point where a whole lot of people are like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Maybe we need to change our minds and maybe we do need to go faster. So in the last about 48 hours, I think the financial markets have kind of sort of lost the thread of what monetary policy is really like. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to try to reel them back in a little bit to the extent any of them listen to us here. But they should be listening. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Did you know that the FTC reported a 45% increase in fraud and identity theft claims in 2020? Our increased digital lives and shift to remote work have created easy targets for scammers. Staying safe may feel daunting, but protection for you and your family is easier than you think with Identity Guard. Plus, there's no better time to get started. Identity Guard is offering listeners a free 30-day trial. Visit IdentityGuard.com slash News Talk today for a free 30-day trial. That's IdentityGuard.com slash News Talk. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few. The proud. The Marines. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. 
The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-260-1792. 800-260-1792. That's 800-260-1792. You think a lot about your family, your friends, your favorite things to do, but you know what you don't think about? Who's your plumber? Hi, I'm Kayla from Champion Plumbing, and it's okay if the only time you think of us is when something happens, like your water heater quits on you. At Champion Plumbing, we can usually install a new water heater same day. Who's your plumber? Don't think, just call. Champion Plumbing, online at championplumbing.net. That's championplumbing.net. Need new windows but don't want to sit through long, high-pressure sales calls? I get it. What if I told you you could get competitive quotes from three contractors after one short meeting with me on any window brand? And it's all free. Visit My 3 Quotes online. That's My 3 Quotes. Sightseeing in Ferris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, King Gang Show, the Biz 1440, Flying Blind Edition. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to, again, it's like, I mean, I, it's, I'm just talking to a microphone and, and being told when to talk and when to shut up. Um, I have a clock in here, so it won't be too, too bad. Uh, so, anyway, uh, what we're talking about is the inflation report. And frankly, the inflation report has been super, super interesting. Uh, and I need you to see some information that uh, is coming up, and I'll have these, I'll have these posted for you uh, at the break. But I want to set this up. A lot of people have been talking about the ten-year bond. The ten-year bond is a bellwether bond in financial markets, and this week it finally broke above two percent. That's a big deal. It was running at one and a half, one. 1.6 and it was there and meant that the entire yield curve the entire range of treasury bills and treasury bond returns or yields across the maturity spectrum from from 90 day to 30 year were were pretty much all in lockstep and it sort of indicated slow steady growth well the thing to pay attention to as pointed out here by Ira Jersey, who was on Bloomberg just on this station, on on the Biz 1440, back on Thursday this week, was you should see what is new happening on the on the on on the markets right now. Okay, so let me just go ahead and play a little bit of this for you. This was Ira Jersey on Bloomberg of Bloomberg Intelligence. Um, on on uh, Bloomberg Radio here on the Biz 1440 just on Thursday. Play cut number, please, Sean. If you go back to like the b- before the financial crisis, right? You go back to the 2004 to 2006 cycling cycle, and they went every single meeting for the better part of two and a half years, right? So they <laughs> so so they hiked interest rates, you know, around uh, you know around three percent, four percent, you know. Um, but but the problem now is, of course, we're coming from zero, right? And and nobody really knows exactly. You know how high we're going to be able to get this cycle because um, you know the, the the world's changed since the global financial crisis and and now of course after COVID. So what Jersey is trying to tell us there is that is that the all the actions on the two year bond and he did this on Thursday when the two year bond broke to one broke just approximately to just below one and a half percent. In other words the rate that the 10-year was at. 
And interestingly, that's at the point where the 10-year now had moved above 2%. Yesterday, that bond went up another 13 basis points. It closed above 1.6. What does that tell us? It tells us that the the inflation report that we read on that we had read on Thursday morning had pretty well completely priced in another interest rate hike in a very short period of time that now the Fed is in essence pulling on the string pulling interest rates up along with the Fed funds rate in that now the markets are expecting even more than were there before. Now, typically, these happen at a point where we believe we're going to end up with a recession. We don't know that that's what's going to happen here. I actually don't believe a recession is here in 22. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me, but I wouldn't shock me. Let me put it this way. I wouldn't be shocked... But it's not what I'm predicting. I do think we end up with, a, with, with fairly slow growth. Indeed, I tweeted to you using our hashtag pound KBRS yesterday. I tweeted to you the latest forecast from the conference board. The conference board is predicting rates in the low, GDP growth rates over the next four quarters of pretty much a normal 2 or 2.5% world that all of the catch-up growth that we could have expected would have is already baked in the cake. I think that assumes that you don't get much more progress on bringing, bringing workers back into the labor force. I think that means that you don't expect another big wave of COVID anywhere else in 22. There are risks to the upside and the downside here. If workers came back faster, I think that GDP growth could easily get up above 3%. But you got to ask yourself, what's it going to take for a worker that's been out of the workforce maybe for as long as, as 20 months to now decide, oh, yeah, I think I'm coming back now. I think everything will be okay. That's a pretty interesting question. So the point here and what I want to get to in the next hour is this individual question. What do we think the Fed's going to do, not over the all, whole year, but in the next five weeks, because we now are facing the possibility of actions that we haven't seen from the Federal Reserve in a very, very long time, all pivoting what it seems to be on a single inflation report. Is that smart? Or are they just flailing at this point? We'll talk about that after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. What's your favorite high school sports memory? A late inning rally? A game-winning shot? A photo finish? Maybe it's a pep rally or a pregame ritual. Maybe it's the euphoria of a late-night bus ride home after a hard-fought win. Maybe it's having pizza with teammates after the game. Now, imagine if it never happened at all. School sports need your help. With budgets getting tighter, it's more than the games that are on the line. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Aw, man, winter's here, and I missed out on getting my roof done. Did you at least get your siding fixed? Nah, didn't get to that either. Well, I wouldn't worry. Just call JTR Roofing. JTR will give you an estimate and get your project on their calendar for first thing in the spring. There are a ton of roofing and siding companies. Why should I call JTR? First, check out their online reviews, like this one. JTR did the roofing and siding on our house. Fantastic. And conscientious workers. Okay. Or there's this one. I can't say enough about what great guys they are. JTR should be your first and last call. Hmm. Plus, JTR Roofing is also a locally owned company. They stand behind their work, and they'll be there for you in the years to come. JTR Roofing. Sounds like I better give them a call. Visit JTRRoofingInc.com. That's JTRRoofingInc.com to set up your no-obligation consultation. JTR Roofing, windows, siding, and gutters. 
JTRRoofingInc.com. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And of I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Breaking free from. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.